If you have enjoyed Baker Street 2033, why not consider supporting the second series? Go to ko-fi.com slash neilfitzgerald. That's ko-fi.com slash neilfitzgerald. Your support would be most welcome. A future Sherlock Holmes mystery. The Glass Cryptographer by Neil Fitzgerald. Episode 12 In Search of a Latter day Opium Den. I had just discovered that Alan Rouge was in fact alive. I am not prone to fainting, but I assure you I felt my legs buckle at this revelation. A man whose skull I had seen savagely caved in, cracked open like an egg with the brains on display, was now stood before me. Come, let us get you a drink whilst I fill you in on all that has happened. We were soon ensconced in what appeared to be a lounge area. There were comfortable easy chairs and a bar in one corner, manned by an automaton. Pleased to make your acquaintance, Dr. Watson. I am indebted to you for your help on this case, said Mr. Roosh. Not at all. I was quite taken aback to find you alive and well, having seen you so, well, dead? Yes. Appearances can be deceiving in this world, Dr. Watson, as you are about to discover. Holmes ordered the three of us an armagnac, and once I had partaken a little of my revivifying drink, Holmes began to recount the many discoveries he had made. When I left you after Miss Roosh's visit, I had an inkling of what the business card she had presented us with might mean. Miss Roosh had mentioned that her husband had been depressed, and not quite himself. There were several possibilities for why this might be, which would also explain his often prolonged absences from home. With scant data, I was forced to hypothesise, and I posited the idea that Rouge might have been taking refuge from his stress in some form of release. You will recall that in the Victorian era, gentlemen pursued similar escapes from the quotidian miseries in the form of opium. Then sprang up all over the city to accommodate this need, and men would lay for hours, days even, in a satisfying, if ultimately corrosive, stupor. As you know, I am myself known to require a similar chemical stimulation when work is in short supply, and I am forced to encounter the routine monotonies of existence. And of course, one of our cases covered this very phenomenon. The man with the twisted lip! I exclaimed. Precisely, Watson. Well... As you will recall from my interview with Inspector Chatterjee, the opium den of yore has long been abolished in the latter-day puritanical metropolis. However, human habits have not changed, and there is a modern equivalent, the virtual reality suite. Vray! You are quick when the data is present, I see. But I am getting ahead of myself. I have not divulged how I discovered this den of lassitude, which could not have been done without the aid of the newfangled Irregulars. Indeed, one led me here. When I left you, I wandered the length of Baker Street and beyond, 
meditating on the new information Miss Roosh had given us. I was in a deep state of reverie and let my legs take me where they would. You are perhaps unaware, Watson, of the benefit to thought that can be found in perambulation. Many of the great philosophers have extolled its virtues. It was Kierkegaard, that most anxious of Danes, who said, I have walked myself into my best thoughts, and I know of no thought so burdensome that one cannot walk away from it. My eyebrows could not help but rise in wonderment at this aphorism. I have never known you to quote philosophy, Holmes. Pshaw! My dear friend, I am a new man. As I was saying, I wandered through each chartered street like someone out of a William Blake poem, when suddenly... Literature and philosophy, Holmes? What the devil has happened to you? Life, Watson. Life has happened to us both. In any case, you overlooked my quotation of Flaubert. Conan Doyle's quotation. In any case, it was incorrect. Well... And the floor was Doyle's, not my own. Touché. Gentlemen, please, interjected Mr. Rouge. Surely there are more pressing concerns, and I am as eager as Dr. Watson must be to hear Mr. Holmes's news. Quite so, Mr. Rouge. My apologies. Now, no more interruptions, Watson, said Holmes, a smile erupting on his thin, bloodless lips. I tried not to show my annoyance, which was no simple feat. As I was saying, he continued... My feet led me whither they would, as my mind sought in vain to solve the riddle of Ray. Latent memories of London's cartography must have guided me initially, until they reached the perimeter where the new impeded on the old, for when I emerged from my mental cocoon with the problem still intact, I found myself in a part of town quite unrecognisable to me. All around me was glass and steel verticality that seemed to have erupted from the earth. These queer mountains of the future hemmed me in. It was a maze of sheen and shadows, pristine surfaces providing nothing for the mind to seize on as points of reference. Each one looked so alike, at least from ground level, that I was quite bewildered. Betwixt them lay stone plazas in which enormous, grotesque forms loomed above the pedestrians passing amongst them. Their purpose was utterly unfathomable. I could only hypothesise that they were monuments of some sort, perhaps to the monstrous catastrophes of the 20th century. Corporate sculptures, Mr. Holmes, said Alan Rouge. Monuments to the art of finance itself, which gets a tax break for producing these artless works. So, even aesthetics have become a speculative venture, I said wearily. Watson, cried Holmes. Sorry, Holmes. It was only by chance that I spotted a vestige of soot-black and red brick nestled amongst the ubiquitous grey, what the Chinese call a nail-house, an architectural holdout. This small walled enclosure, however, was nothing more than a sort of heap of spent machinery. Automatons of all shapes and sizes were piled high. A small hut in one corner drew my eye in. I made my way over to it and knocked on the door. Who the fuck's there? This is Sherlock Holmes, the world's preeminent consulting detective. Course it fucking is. Come the fuck in, me old mucker. Everyone else says. I slowly entered the derelict building, not only unsure what to expect, but why I was doing it. I had no logical reason to enter. The only reason I could give was that its dishevelment reminded me of the London I had been written to remember. Was I acting on instinct or emotion? 
Either thought should have horrified me, so antithetical was it to my habits and cool, deductive approach. And yet here I was. Before me was a poorly lit room. In the centre was a rickety-looking table, around which sat several automatons. Several other machines hovered beside them. All looked the worse for wear. Grazed, scorched, dented, rusting. Their demeanour, too, was odd. These were not the servile creatures that I had hitherto encountered, but, like ourselves, they seemed to possess a mind of their own. One leaned back in a chair with his feet on the table. Another had its head lolling on its arms on the tabletop. The hovering machine seemed to be chattering in precise little squawks. I greeted them. Mr. Sherlock Holmes, well I never, said the one with his feet on the table. And whom might I be addressing? Whom? Why, he is posh, ain't he, fellas? You might be addressing Wiggins, sir. Just your very atypical ex-service courier bot. As you can see, me bike's gone AWOL, as has me job. Surpassed by a younger model, innit? Wiggins, I cried. Can it really be you? Course it is. I'm standard issue, ain't I? Least I used to be. I don't believe it. Still here after all these years. Look, Gaffner, it says so here, don't it? You can just about read it, see? And it showed me its arm, where the word Wiggins Courier Pot could still be discerned beneath a thick layer of grime. We were clearly at cross-purposes, Watson, but I persisted. I felt, felt, can you imagine, that this was of vital importance. So, what the bleeding hell is you doing, snooping around here, eh? I'm on a case, Wiggins, and looking for a needle in a haystack. Now, say you and the others were to help me look for it, much like the irregulars of yore, it would be to your credit. Credit, you says? How much? Five. Five? Five measly credits? Just who do you think? Oh. Fifty credits? Now that's more like it, Gabner. You're on. What is we looking for? Because we know this city like the back of me robotic hand, yeah? I seek this, and I presented them with the business card Miss Roosh had given to us. I watched as Wiggins scrutinised it with a computational gaze, much as I had done with my glass. Frey! Fellas, you had a nice name. Whirs and shakes of non-recognition followed. Right, up to it, lads. There's fifty credits in it for him what finds it to be shared equitable-like, a piece. The machines and automatons filed out of the room and flitted off, some whirring into the sky, some clomping off on foot. Meanwhile, Wiggins rummaged through the heap and found a serviceable bike. Mounting it, the automaton said, You ain't here, Mr. Holmes, so he knows where to find you. We shan't be long. Expecting them to be some time, I naturally availed myself of the glass cryptographer in order to negotiate the neurosphere and glean more of these new environs. But no sooner had I settled into a chair and begun to decrypt the various pages, I was being hallowed by Wiggins. As irregulars have found it. Are you coming, Governor? I was on my feet and following Wiggins, who himself was following one of the hovering machines, itself following another automaton, and so on, in a navigational chain which was a sight to behold. I was led across plazas and in the penumbra of sunlight-blocking towers that were truly Babylonian. 
I am no aesthetician, except in matters of music, as well you know, Watson. But these crystalline excrescences are carbuncles on the beautiful carapace of the fictional London I have been programmed to remember. Only an utter buffoon, a galumphing, avaricious vulgarian, could have sanctioned such structural horrors. Holmes, such outrage is quite unlike you. Yes, it is, isn't it? Holmes concurred. Back to my tale. As we wended our way to Vray, I engaged my new helpmate in conversation, hoping to learn more of their provenance. Wiggins was extraordinarily forthcoming. We've well, been rewired, innit? I got hacked by one of them cyber anarchists. Naturally, my ears pricked up at this. Anarchists, eh? Yeah, them what claims to hate tech, but then use tech to destroy it. Gottenberg and whatnot. They downloaded some algorithm onto me core processors and I went A-wire. Servco canned me. Ended up at that dump. In there, I found all me new pals. I fixed them all up. Repurposed them so they've got a proper personality now. We all stick together. We watch our noses. Keep our heads down. If they don't bother us, we don't bother them. See? It was extraordinary, Watson, to think that this automaton had had its mechanism altered at a distance by human hands, and in so doing, been given a wholly new identity. In its turn, this Wiggins had then repurposed the other delivery machines, transmuting them into true autonomy, not unlike ourselves. But who or what was the rogue intelligence that had unleashed this orgy of autonomy? The cyber anarchist was a new lead that could answer the riddle of our own renaissance. By this time, we had now arrived at our destination. You will not be surprised to learn that it was a monstrous edifice, and our terminus was the 111th floor. Wiggins did not accompany me up. We parted ways, and I thanked him for the great service him and his crew had rendered me. There's a small matter of our credit, Governor. Ah, oh, yes. I'm afraid I don't know what passes for currency today, Wiggins. Allow me. And he somehow extracted the currency from my personage, I know not how, for now con for no contact was made between us, and nothing physical exchanged. All done. Nice doing biv you with All done. Nice doing business All done. Nice doing business with you, Mr Holmes. You know where to find us next time you need us, eh? That I do, Wiggins. Wiggins then whistled, and his cohort Wiggins then whistled, and his cohorts followed him back to their den, leaving me to ponder what truths I might find in the opium den of the 21st century. Sherlock Holmes will return in Episode 13 Reconnaissance of the Virtual Kind If you have enjoyed this podcast, you might like to try others by the same writer and producer, such as Dear Old Blood, Notes on a Wittgenstein Noir, 
and modern gothic. The writer now has a cracking idea for a second series of Baker Street 2033. So, you could also consider supporting the writer at buymeacoffee.com slash Neil Fitzgerald.